The Amazing People Podcast, Episode 2. Welcome to The Amazing People Podcast, where ordinary people from all walks of life do amazing things in life and business, with your host, Chip Desard. Thanks for joining us for The Amazing People Podcast. I'm Chip Desard, your host, and today I have a special guest for you. Um, he's not only a friend, he's a pastor. I consider him a mentor. And just a spiritual advisor. Um, his name is Pastor Noah L. Washington. Hey, Pastor Washington, Noah, if I can call you that. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, I just wanted to uh, personally just thank you when I was, um, you know, when I had death in my family and um, wanted to make sure that I got uh, the proper care I needed. I came to you first. And uh, you helped me through a lot of, you worked me through a lot of stuff, man. I just want to publicly just acknowledge and affirm you, man. Um, sometimes when people don't always know what to say during a death and do, during a situation like that, especially, right. but you, you, you really came through for me, man, and for my family. So I want to just thank you publicly for that. Oh, no problem, man. No problem. Yeah. Well, I want to get into just your background. Um, I know you grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, and, and you're a pastor, but you are a different type of pastor. Tell me about your background and how you, uh -huh. grew, up, and how you grew up. Uh man, I'm originally from Northeast D.C. Shout out to, uh, to the District of Columbia. Um, I'm originally from Northeast D.C., and um, I grew up uh, right off Sheriff Road before... My family moved to uh, Topla Heights, Maryland, which is uh, right outside D.C., but pretty much D.C. And um, I think, man, you know, sometimes you ask yourself why you experience or you go through certain stuff when you're growing up. And I think God allowed me to see a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have seen or experienced at a younger age, you know, with so much of the drugs and crime that was in the D.C. area during the 80s, which to most people... Uh, the known understanding was during that time when the big crack epidemic was growing on in D.C., and we got the poor rappers being the murder capital of the world, Washington, D.C. did. And it was during that time and that culture uh, that I pretty much grew up in D.C. and um, in the outskirts in, in Maryland. And um, that's pretty much where it was, uh, you know, 52nd Street, Northeast, Apartment 4, I still remember it. And, um, you know, we had some ups and downs. I, I had a great family, of course, but just the culture and the climate around uh, myself, you know, just being aware and things like that. Uh, that's pretty much how I grew up. I grew up with a mother and father in the home. Uh, my father wasn't really saved until maybe about five years ago. I actually had the privilege of baptizing him oh, nice. about five years ago. And um, my sister, who is a uh, teacher, middle school teacher in Nashville, but... Um, I mean, it was pretty much that, you know, we, we did it, and um, I praise God, I am um, one of the few brothers that actually uh, was born in D.C., and, uh, and is not only still alive, but doing something positive uh, for the country. I left, I was educated at uh, DuPont Park, SDA school, until the ninth grade, then I had the um, great privilege to go to Pine Forge Academy. That's right. Uh, it's the only uh, historically African-American Adventist boarding school in the country, but it's one of the three uh, historically African-American boarding schools that are left uh, in the country. And um, I tell people all the time, I know Pine Forge isn't for everybody, but I know it saved my life. And um, I appreciate it uh, going there richly. Mm -hmm. 
I left there and went to Oakwood uh, University, now university, it was college at the time, and got a uh, BA in Ministerial Theology, and left there and went to uh, the seminary at Andrews University and got a Master's in Divinity. And by God's grace, I hope to start my doctorate in, um, in another year. Oh wow! So that's that's pretty much the long and short of it. <laughs> well, that's a lot. That's a, that is a great, great journey. Now, in this journey, when you're at Pine Forge, and by the way, that's just my alma mater as well. So I'm very loyal to Pine Forge. Tell me, when did you feel your first call to ministry? Was it high school, college, or when you're younger? When did you? Now, look- you know what? I, I first felt I first felt the call to ministry. Um, if I can remember, I was about seven years old, and. Um, I was um, I was in Dupont Park Church, the church that I was raised in, Dupont Park Seventh Day Adventist Church, and um, it was during a sermon by Elder uh, C. D. Brooks, Charles D. Brooks. And while he was preaching, I literally heard a voice telling me that I should be doing the same thing. And so I looked around to see if anybody else heard it, and um, it was at that age that I really felt that God uh, was calling me to to preach. Um, as I grew up, I didn't always live under that calling because to grow up in D.C., to go around and tell the people you're going to be a preacher is really not something that was quote-unquote cool or down. But um, whatever I did, it was always in the back of my head. The, the calling was always, it was always somewhere there. And so... It was probably my senior year in high school when I was at Pine Ford that I really settled down in the fact that God was calling me into um, into ministry. You know, and now I've been pastoring almost eight years now, and uh, now that I'm on the other side of actually pastoring, I ask myself, Lord, why did you ask me to do something else? You know what I mean? But I appreciate, you know, the calling. Uh, it's humbling, um, but definitely I would advise anybody if you know God has not called you to the ministry, please find something else to do. I tell you, um, wow. but it's a joy. It's a joy in knowing that you are living in the will of God mm-hmm. uh, when you're doing the will of God. But at the same time, it can be tragic to try to do something good in the wrong way. You know, just because the Lord has saved your life and you're not doing drugs anymore, you're not sexing, or you're not doing stuff outside of the will of God, just because God saved you um, and you realize and you're trying to live a saved life does not mean that that saved life means that you have to be a pastor or a preacher. How about just being a, a mm-hmm. great person, you know what I'm saying, for God? You can be a minister for God um, in the classroom yes. uh, as a graphic designer, um, as a manager, you know what I mean? You don't have to be a preacher or pastor to 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 share the gospel. And a lot of people, I think, Pastor, uh, I think that, you know, we put kids up when they speak well, but we don't really yeah. know their lifestyle when they're like, oh, you're going to be a pastor. Oh, you're going right. to do this. Right. And, you know? Right. <laughs> I, think, I think we speak over, I think we prematurely sometimes speak over people just because, um, just because we see innate, talents in people and you know we know that talents um, and gifts are without repentance but i think a lot of times we speak things over people Mm -hmm. and you push them to do things that god is not calling them to do wow but because we think that they're just innately good in it you know i know a lot of persuasive dudes Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
that should not be preachers. You know what I'm saying? They persuade people on the street to buy things. You know what I mean? But they should not be nobody faster. You know what I mean? And so I think a lot of times we speak over people um, and tell them that they should be doing things when uh, maybe that's just a, a talent that they have, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. So I want to move on to another portion of your life. Um, And I got to know you probably right before yeah, fairly well when you were at the Bladensburg Seventh Day Adventist Church, and you had an illness. Um, I know that was yeah. a, a struggle that you that you're still battling with now. And if you can go into about uh, uh, just shortly about your illness and how that affected your ministry and your uh, and your spiritual life. Sure, I um. Well, it's a long story. Not to uh, this is not a, sh- a shameless plug by any church imagination, but I'm actually working on a book. Oh, please, um, please say it. Yeah, a uh, book on my experience called How to Stand When You've Been Knocked Down. Mm-hmm. And by God's grace, man, if I can finish this thing, I, I finished it, but I sent it to some editors, and they sent it back to me for some work to do. So I'm really, really, really trying to finish it uh, this summer to get the whole scope of everything because it's a long story. But just in short, um, the summer of 2009, I didn't know it at the time. I had uh, caught Lyme disease. and. Mm-hmm. Lyme disease is terribly um, the, the medical community now uh, rather is very ignorant about it uh, regardless of what they may say I know firsthand and so uh, I didn't realize what it was till about November of 2009 I caught it we believe back in May or June overseas so, um, were you overseas uh, no, no I was uh, I was in Pennsylvania okay right. I was um I was working um, in a campground uh, that I do annually, uh, preparing for something called camp meeting. Okay. With a whole lot, it's basically a, a, a name that means a whole lot of church folk from a whole lot of cities are coming together to have church together. Okay. And um, we prepare uh, the grounds for for that camp meeting, and it was while I was up there that I got sick, and um, I didn't realize it um, or didn't get proper care until November, and it had gotten so bad. And I couldn't walk for about three months, and um, I was literally—I didn't know it at the time—but um, I was literally checking out. It was—it was working for the grace of God that, that was telling me, "Nah, you're not ready yet." Um, I would have died, and so um, spiritually, I was—it was—I was a wreck. You know, I would love to be able to, to to sit here and say, you know, through the whole experience, man, I was holding on to God and I was praying and singing and. But I'll be, be the first to tell you, that was just not my experience. Um, there were some days that I, you know, quoted scripture back to myself. There were other days that I didn't talk to God. There were other days I was extremely angry. I was in 24-hour constant pain. Um, however, uh, this probably may sound terribly weird, but I would not trade that experience for the world because mm. there are some things that I learned through that experience that I don't know if I would have learned had I not gone through that experience. Wow. There's some things that I learned about uh, people, God, and life that I'm not sure if I would have learned through that experience. Um, those those three areas, about people, about God, and about life, there are just countless um, lessons that I learned through the experience that um, I'm a better man, I'm a better husband, I'm a better father, and I'm just all, I'm a better person. Uh, mm-hmm. having gone through it because there's just some invaluable lessons that I learned. Mm-hmm. And um, I appreciate that experience. You know, it, it's crazy because sometimes I even miss the experience um, the, mm-hmm. the, when it was real bad just because I was probably the closest to God that I've ever been. 
mm-hmm. uh, despite my anger uh, during that experience because I was too weak to watch TV at times. I couldn't I couldn't get out, and so all it was it was me and God. And sometimes the best place you can ever be in is when you're in a position where you are forced to shut out everything and all you have is God. And so, um, you know, I appreciated that experience. And so it has taught me so much about God that um, it started, what started off as a journal of my experience actually turned into a book to help anybody that has gone through anything difficult in life, whether it be the death of a loved one, whether it be divorce, whether it be Mm -hmm. uh, your child has left home or your your child is stuck on crazy and parked on stupid. Um, regardless of what uh, is going on, if you have a difficult experience, there are some practical as well as um, encouraging tips that I'm placing in this book that that will definitely help you at whatever stage uh, you find yourself in. And you're used to, Pastor, being on, you know, as pastors, I guess you're used to being on the other side of the bed, not inside the bed, you know. Oh, man, that was the <laughs> roughest thing. You know, uh-huh. I, I, when I was, I was uh, hospitalized three times because of this, and one of the most difficult things that, that while I was laying in the bed, it was just a psychological thing of me thinking, man, I don't, I don't people don't visit me in, 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 in the hospital. I visit people. And to to just be sitting there in the bed with not knowing what's going on and to be getting uh, drugs that are not helping and stuff like that, it just plays on you uh, psychologically. And um, it, it was just a rough experience, man. I, I, I'll tell you, it was extremely difficult, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and do you think that is why you have a little bit more empathy? I mean, I'm not saying that pastors all don't have empathy. Man, I, I tell you, I tell you, there are some things that I learned, man. You know, to anybody who's listening right now, you've probably said it before. I've said it before. Uh, you've, come in, you've come in contact with people who have died, uh, whose relatives have died, or who have gone through a rough experience. And you have gone to them. I know you have, because I've done it too. You've gone to them and said things like, if you need anything, let me know. Oh, yeah. And I did not realize how <laughs> um, how insensitive that statement is. Wow. Because the reality is, number one, when anybody is going through something difficult, it's not a question of if they need something. The question is, are you willing to give them something they need? Wow. Um, people are going through a, a, a mind-boggling, earth-shattering experience. A nice meal is always nice. Uh, if the person has children, you know, and you're close to them, take the kids, um, uh, buy them something. There, there are things that you can do. Um, the, the second thing is, if somebody is going through an experience that they've never been through before, and you say to them, if you need anything, let me know, but they've never been through this before, they don't even know what they need. Mm. So how can they tell you what they need? They don't Mm. even know themselves. Mm. And one of the most frustrating things that (laughs) I had was going through was, you're asking me, you're saying, if I need anything, let you know. And I'm saying to myself, I got so much going on in my world, I don't have time to think about something to tell you just so you can feel better. Wow. I'm trying to handle this thing myself, but you want me to think up something to tell you of how to help me out, and I don't know what I need. This is something new for me. But in order for you to feel better, you need me to tell you, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, what I need. And I don't have time to to think up something. You know, I didn't have time. And most people, 
who have gone through divorce, who have gone through a death of a loved one, who have uh, gone through a house burning down or something like that. They don't have, please don't think they know what they need. Mm-hmm. They, they have never been through this before. Mm-hmm. All they're trying to do is hold on to God and hold on to their sanity and not trying to go crazy and be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> and they're dealing with all of that. They're dealing with all that. And you want them to think of something to tell you just so you can run back and tell somebody, I just talked to them. Wow. Because people love to talk to, I don't know why, but people love to talk to people who are in a bad situation because they love telling other people, I just talked to them. They're not doing too well. Yeah, I they know. love saying that. They love saying I know, that. I know, I know. And they love telling the untold. Yeah. And, and and one thing I realized, and I think you told me this when I was going through when my dad passed this past Easter, it, it's it's a stinging feeling, and it's a feeling that no one can. You don't even really have the words to know anybody yeah. who lost a, a parent or a sibling or yeah. God forbid a child. I mean, you don't even have the words. So, and then it's kind of like, well, how's he doing? How's he look? Let me yeah. see. You know, yeah. it's just, it's yeah. just, and you know, with yeah. the proliferation of social media, it's like, well, he's still, you know, I still had to go about a week after we had this thing called a cotillion pastor. And I had to facilitate that with a video. It was one of the hardest, I was just telling my mother the other night, that was one of the hardest things I had to do. And people around were looking like, oh, you look happy. At least this gets yeah. this off your mind. I was like, they have no yeah. clue. This doesn't get this no off clue. my mind. This doesn't. And I tell people, you know, um, there are times and seasons where I, where anybody would say I look fine, but I literally am in pain. And yeah. a lot of people automatically think if you look fine, then you are fine. Wow. And wow. that is the farthest thing from the truth. Um, you know, if somebody catches a person uh, at, 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 at 9 o'clock in the evening or at seven o'clock in the morning when they don't have to necessarily perform or do, you know, when I first came back, um, I was out on, I had to go on medical leave twice because of my illness. The first time I was out almost a year. The second time I was out, uh, only about three months. And when I came back the first time, it was probably a little premature. And so what would happen was I would preach on Saturday and I would be so, um, I would be so drained and hemmed up physically that after I would preach, sometimes I would be in the bed until Wednesday. Wow. And then I would gear myself up to do this all over again. And so when people would see me at church, all pastor, you'd be like, yeah, I'm doing what you saying is just a miracle because after this is over, I'm going to be back in the bed for the next four or five days. Yeah. And you still have other duties to do. It's not like you can, you have, you have meetings to go to a call to take. So yeah, 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 yeah. So I want to wrap up very shortly, but a few things I want to uh, tell our listeners how they can find you on Twitter and um, information about your blog. I know you have a blog. Can you give the listeners the information? Well, the good thing is my um, my Twitter name and my my Twitter name and my blog is actually the same name. It's it's Wash's World. W a s h s World. That's W a s h s. W O R L D Washes World um, at Twitter uh, dot com, and then my blog is on Blogger. It as well is called um, Washes World. On my blog, I have um, matter of fact, I just decided about two weeks ago. Um, I blog every Monday now. Every Monday is a fresh new blog that I put out. I, mm-hmm. I post it on Facebook and I put it on Twitter as well as mm-hmm. on on the blog and. Um, I started out my blog. Actually, my wife gave me, um, 
she she came home one day um, and told me to start the blog. I believe I started this blog around uh, December or maybe January, and I started blogging about my experience with Lyme. And um, now it's just kind of morphed into something where I just blog about different topics in life um, that I see from my perspective in Wash's world. My last name is Washington. And uh, I was given uh, the nickname Wash when I was in high school. They, everybody just called me Wash. And so what I do is just tell you how I see things in my world. And so, you know, in my world, just how I see things about forgiveness or, um, or maybe President Obama getting back in office or um, maybe how we treat people, you know, so just different things we see in our world. That's what I do on, on, uh, on my blog. And I definitely tweet. Uh, matter of fact, this is one of the things that I learned from uh, from Chip here. I definitely I tweet at least once a day. I try to do um, a couple times in the morning, a couple times in the afternoon, and the evening, just depending on how my how my day is going. But um, I met some great people on Twitter. There's some great things out there. Everybody from DC is not spoken weed. Everybody from D.C. doesn't have five kids from five different mothers. There's okay. some folks, there's some brothers from D.C. out here doing something positive. And uh, you're listening to one of them now just trying to do something, do a small portion to help the kingdom of God. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's why I really wanted you as a guest on the show. And I also want, where uh, do you minister? So if people are in the D.C. metropolitan area, where can they see you? I know you preach on Saturday. So tell me right. where, where people can see you. Now I'm telling you, I'm 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 a little different than most. I um I get a little crazy at church because I understand it might be your first or last time being there. So when you come, we try to throw it down. I'm at the Bladensburg Seventh Day Adventist Church at um man, that's the same. I just forgot the name of my address. That's the same. <laughs> my address at the Bladensburg uh, Seventh Day Adventist Church is forty one oh five. Okay, fifty fourth Street. Bladensburg, Maryland, 20710. Y'all excuse me. One of the things that Lyme affects sometimes, I'm not joking at any stretch of the imagination I'm being, one of the things that affects is your memory. Okay. And sometimes my short-term memory will just go out. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so it's not that I don't know where I passed it. I just want to throw that <laughs> out. I know where I passed it. It's uh, 4105. Yes, yes. 4th Street, Bladensburg, <laughs> right. Maryland, uh, 20710. We have service every Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock, and then on Wednesday night at 7, we have what we call our Believer's Night um, at 7 o'clock. And uh, both services, I am quite sure uh, you'll find the joy. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, uh, Pastor. I really believe that uh, what you're doing is, is positive. I know that, that God has blessed you. I know that the journey is not over yet, but it's one of those kind of things that you still have to, um, you're still going on and on. Hold on real quick. My, um, something is ringing <laughs> in my house. One second, Pastor. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, that's good because it rang right when I was sitting. So I'm going to do the outro again. So Pastor Washington, I want to thank you uh, for your time. I know that to me, you're an amazing person. And I know you're only amazing because it's through God's amazing grace. And I know you really believe yep. that. And you really, uh, you count, count it all joy, all the trials that you've been through in your life. So um, thank you again for being here. 
uh, today on our podcast. Um, you can follow him at Wash's World and on Blogspot, and he'll be tweeting. And when we put this show up, I'm quite sure he'll tweet it out and put it on Facebook. That's a good thing about social media. You can just put stuff out there. You don't have to have an NBC or CBS, you know, <laughs> or ABC. Yeah, you can true. just put it out there. And uh, yeah. uh, people people are blessed. I, I know people read your blog and comment often about the, yeah. the things you say and retweet you. And even if they don't retweet you, they read it. Trust me, I do. <laughs> so thanks yeah, so I'm much. Uh, I'm learning that. Yeah, man. So thanks so much for your time. And we will see you on the next edition of the Amazing People Podcast. Yeah.